What is going on, everybody? Back with the POS post-game overreaction show. This time, the G-Day edition. I'm Paul Meharry, joined alongside Jason Butt. I'm sure we'll have some other UGASports.com contributors joining us on the show. And as always, you can join us as well. There's a link on Facebook and on YouTube in the description. And you can join us, give us your thoughts and takes on this G-Day game. Uh, little weather in Athens uh, for the game, Jason. Didn't see a huge turnout, but there was still a lot of people there. Uh, obviously, the uh, big talk, we talked about it last week, was going to be the play of the backup quarterbacks, not so much Stetson. Uh, right. Dive into that, I think, a little bit. Going to talk some more about the defensive side of the ball, some names that were missing, uh, some names that kind of stepped up that we weren't expecting, and also uh, Arik Gilbert. Uh Wow. is a uh is a difference maker and seems to have made a big move with Stetson Bennett in terms of uh their chemistry together especially with uh Bowers and Washington being sidelined for this offseason so um tight ends are probably probably the best group in the nation might be the best group ever uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't wow. know are, but it might be. I mean, Oscar Delft's pretty good, Jason. But overall, first thoughts as we do on most post-game overreaction shows. Jason, your first thoughts on the game now that we are uh, here overreacting about it. Yeah, so uh, the one thing I don't want to overreact is Stetson Bennett's stat line, although I think we've seen you know the, the under 50% can happen with him. At the same time, uh, I think one of those interceptions obviously would, would not have happened in a, in a real-game scenario. They kicked the field goal there at the end of the first half. Uh, I did like the fact that they went with Stetson at the end of G-Day to give him a chance to win the game, and then he went and led the black team down to win the game. I thought that was a, a good sign. C- kind of picked up uh, where, where they left off in the national championship where he made the turnover, uh, Alabama yeah. goes ahead. And then Stetson leads him back. Same thing happens here at G-Day, throws the pick. And it was not a good pass, but but then he leads them back. And then throws an absolute beautiful throw to Kyrus Jackson there to set up the Jared Zirkel field goal. So I thought that was great. Want to get back to the uh, tight ends. Uh, that, um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> When it comes to overreacting, yes, I do kind of want to overreact and call this possibly the best tight end group <laughs> ever. Uh, I, I mean, you're talking about you have – who I thought was the best tight end in college football last year, hands down, Brock Bowers. Uh, you bring back Darnell Washington, and um, who hopefully can be healthy for this Georgia team because if he's if he's healthy, you can do so much when it comes to mismatches in the receiving game. Excellent blocker. And now you bring in Eric Gilbert, who lived up to the hype. I mean, yes, it's a practice game. Yes, it's it's not real. It's it's not. Um, uh, it's not going against an SEC opponent. Um, granted, Georgia's first team defense is an excellent SEC opponent, if you will. But uh, the, I mean, geez, what what a beast! Oscar Delp seven for ninety one. Uh, they go four deep. I thought it was really funny. I was laughing at Greg McElroy's uh, fourteen personnel comment. I mean, might as well. Yeah. I had a tweet that I saw that I stole for uh, the uh, instant analysis I just posted. Might as well go zero five personnel. Go five <laughs> wide at tight end. I mean. Like they have the they have the talent to do that in that position group, deepest tight end route may, maybe ever at Georgia. Just, oh, just, I, I just incredibly blessed with talent right now. Yeah, I'm still trying to get this posted up on everything, but yeah, w- without a doubt, I think it's the the deepest group. And we heard a lot about Oscar Delp, right? The second coming of Brock Bowers, if you will. 
and he really turned it on uh, late in the game there. So Brock, uh, excuse me, Brock Oscar uh, led the red team in receiving with seven receptions, 91 yards, had nine targets, mm-hmm. uh, 26 yards after the catch. So, you know, not bad day for the uh, true freshman out of Forsyth. Right. Yeah, uh, I thought he was incredibly impressive. Uh, his first reception, too, just really kicked it off where he uh, it's a quick, quick grab, makes a guy uh, – I believe he, he actually broke the tackle, made a guy miss, gets down. Uh, not not a, not a terribly big game, but one of those plays where you're like, okay, this guy's got something here. And uh, I think that when you're talking about him as your fourth option in that room or fifth option for that matter, I mean, I don't know where he, – he probably does jump. Uh, Brett Seether at this point, yeah. Rylan, Rylan Goaty too. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, you're talking about your fourth option at tight end. It's that's incredible. I mean, he's he's starting on a lot of rosters. I think this year in the SEC, and here he is as Georgia's fourth option. That's that's incredible. You know, we've got to get to it, Jason. At some point, uh, now that I've got all this posted to social media, uh, Carson Beck, man, looked really good. Uh, Greg McGarity, Greg McGarity, Greg McElroy. Good Lord. Uh, taking it back <laughs> Big difference there. Yeah. Just a little bit. Right. I don't even yeah. know. If McGarity, McGarity might've been watching the spring. Game. Yeah. He's probably watching. Yeah. yeah. But McElroy definitely was watching uh, and he was commenting on the game and he brought up the fact that, you know, Carson Beck was going up against that second team defense. He brought that up quite a lot. Uh, yeah. like, like to say that Georgia's second team defense isn't good or like, that's almost what he was implying. Right. Well, I think what he was really trying to say is that uh, his numbers were going to be better than Stetson Bennett. So let's not try to make a quarterback controversy out of it. That's not to say Carson Beck didn't play well. I thought Carson Beck played phenomenal. He's one of the three players that I, I listed. At, um, if you go to UGASports.com and you go to the, to, the, to the instant analysis of what just happened, he's one of the three players I mentioned who stood out. I thought he had an excellent game. Uh uh, just set the tone early with the 60-yard ball to Arian Smith. Thought that was a uh, just an excellent play to to get things to get things going. You've heard a lot of good things about him this spring. Uh, his grandmother came on uh, <laughs> to yeah. to the Colin show a couple Sundays ago, and she kind of said, "Hey, watch out for my boy. <laughs> watch, out. you know, he's a uh, yeah. he, he's gonna make a run at it." And uh, you know, he he did. But at the same time, I think what really what Greg McElroy was trying to say is. Uh, this is um, this is not a quarterback controversy. This is Stetson Bennett's team. Unless something crazy happens, Stetson Bennett's the quarterback. I thought uh, I, th- I thought that that was pretty apparent. What what this signals to me by keeping him with the red team throughout the game as much as he did that he is the second team quarterback. He's yep. getting the reps with the second team. Shows it's kind of like with Stetson Bennett the last couple years where they didn't really give him. Uh, because he had repped so much already and knew the system, they didn't need to give him as many one reps at G-Day at, at, in certain practices because he had already been given those opportunities before. That's where I think Carson Beck is right now, where he doesn't um, he, he didn't need to go with the first team uh, today. They know what he is, where he's at. Um, impressed well, I, will, I will counter that argument, Jason, okay. because you said, uh, you know, with Stetson, they had they didn't have to see a ton today. They left Stetson in for quite a long sure. time. You know, right. he threw thirty five passes. He threw more passes than anybody by a large margin. Yeah, um, well, he's the first team quarterback. I think you, obviously you get Brock in there to run with the first team because he hasn't had as many opportunities. You do that with the back with, with with the guys down the depth chart who you need to get reps down the road or four down the road. You get them the, those early opportunities. 
But in terms of, of sticking with your guy at the one and at the two, they did that for the most part. You know, obviously Stetson's getting the bulk of the ones. In addition, Stetson hasn't had this opportunity as coming into an offseason as the number one quarterback. So I think I like that, that was important. I like that. And I, but but I, I will I will say to, to kind of back up what you're what you're saying. After um, you know, in the fourth quarter when Stetson continued to play with the with the first team, I, I was a little surprised. I, I thought for sure, um, you know, they did go ahead and have Gunner and Brock just run the show at that point with the black team. But uh, you know, they they uh, or maybe like you know Beck get get more reps with the ones. But you know, they they decided to uh, to 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 leave them in there. They treated it like a true practice where you. You have your guys, you know, if it's a, in, in a practice scenario, Stetson doesn't come out because this isn't a real game. You just keep giving your guy reps and you keep, keep, uh, you know, keep playing, playing there and uh, or playing, the, playing your top guy, you know, with, with the first team they did. And I thought it was excellent and really good for him that after the mistake, he was able to go uh, lead the team to victory there. Uh, Phil Rogers over on Facebook says, just glad nobody got hurt. We'll, we'll find out more. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, any, I don't think anybody did. There wasn't anybody obviously carted off or anything. Uh, yeah. You know, you never know. There's going to be some banged up guys after, after a game like that. But uh, for what we know right now, it doesn't seem like anybody had a serious injury. Uh, Mitch Dyke over on the old YouTube says, uh, I think Gilbert got four red zone targets today, two touchdowns, two pass interference penalties. It's just a spring game but he has the makings of a matchup nightmare. He does, uh, mm-hmm. which then kind of turns the question to Brock Bowers is obviously coming back, but then it turns the question to about Darnell Washington, you know, his status. There's been rumors uh, floating around for Lord knows how long, uh, you know, about Darnell Washington potentially leaving the program. Now he's heard he's not able to practice in the spring game, but it seems like to me, Darnell comes back. He's a much better blocker than Gilbert is. Uh, he's not a good, he's not as good at catching as Bowers or Gilbert, but he is a different type of tight end that you definitely need on your roster. You don't want to lose them. And I think that right now, Todd Munkin and Kirby are going to have a pretty tough time trying to sell him to stay and stick around after maybe he saw the performance from Gilbert today. Again, this is the overreaction show people. So we are going to overreact to a lot of things and that might be one of them, you know, trying to keep him around and Delp. Delp went seven for 91 today. I mean, yes, it was against second string and all that, but yeah. how do you convince Darnell Washington to stay around uh, after he, you know, watch those guys put up a show today? I don't think it's necessarily uh, – I don't think you, you have to worry about the other guys. You know, in today's day and age, guys are rotating, and George has been a great example of that where different positions, receiver, tight end, running back, guys are getting – going in and out. They're staying fresh. They're They're – getting plenty of opportunities. I think with Darnell Washington, the rumors are out there. He, uh, you know, he gets hurt last year. And then when, as he's coming back, Bowers is doing his thing. Um, he's not up to, to full speed to where he was before the injury. So he didn't get in. He, he was kind of gradually let back in that, you know, read between the lines is what I'm saying there. You know, it's one of those things where, if you if you are fully if you feel like you're good to go and you're not playing and you're clear to play and you're not playing as much as maybe you you thought you should for one reason or the other maybe you're unhappy the way you convince him to play is you, is you tell him look you stay in shape you are healthy and good to go you're gonna play you're gonna be a very important part of this offense just because we have four tight ends who can all do exceptional things in this offense that doesn't mean you're not gonna play he is a 
he is a nightmare, more so than Gilbert, more so than even Bowers for that matter. Bowers and Gilbert are interchangeable at receiver. They have the body types and the skill set to play tight end, which makes them uh, future NFL players. As long as Gilbert can can stay uh, on the path that he's on right now, you know, uh, obviously last year when he transferred, he didn't. He he came in, uh, did not really play much in the in the in the fall. I believe it was he was just here for what a week maybe, and then he yeah, and then, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't long. It was short. Then he goes home, doesn't play the season. Really didn't think he was ever going to play again. Uh, you know, get gets gets whatever he needed to work on fixed, and um, now he's back. If he's able to stay on this path, he's got NFL potential as as a tight end at the next level with what, how NFL teams are using the tight end position. Brock Bowers, surefire NFL guy. That guy's incredible. Um, and then from there, Darnell Washington is such a different type of matchup nightmare. It's like if LeBron James would have played football, yeah. kind of used, just the body type. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. If you get him one on one with somebody over the, a safety over the middle, it's game over for that safety. Now he's not as fast as Bowers or or Gilbert, obviously, but you get him in those situations isolated. Uh, Dan Jackson can attest to that. You, it's just it's just something you <laughs> want Darnell Washington. Uh, you don't want to be with Darnell Washington as a defender in that situation. And they they can sell him on that. But Darnell Washington has to put in the time and effort and the work to, to make that happen himself. But if he does, this is the most dangerous tight end group ever. Um, I do think I saw a comment um, up here, uh, you know, kind of alluding to, well, hey, Darnell Washington might go. Um, it's possible, sure. but. Uh, you, you, I can guarantee, you know, they don't want him to go. He's not a guy. They have to free up some scholarships. Darnell Washington's not one of those guys. Kirby and Todd Munkin are going to push out the door or want to see go out the door. I think part of that will – a good example of, of that that being, you know, Kirby Kirby runs a pretty tight-lit media operation where not a lot of guys – he doesn't put a lot of guys out to the media. If you're injured, you certainly don't go talk to the media. A couple of weeks ago, Darnell Washington was talking to the media. I think that, that was making him feel very welcomed and, and very much a part of this team to, to try and get him to stay and, and uh, be a part of this thing moving forward. Speaking about being a part of this thing moving forward, I'm going to bring in old Dane Young to the party What's here. What's up, Dane? What's going on, man? How uh, How's your first uh, post-game overreaction G-Day thoughts? You know we do this when we first bring on a – somebody onto the show what was your uh, initial thoughts dane please nothing to overreact to that like g day come right? on spring football always brings the best of the takes yes um, that's what i'm saying that's that's why this show is that's why we're doing it right now i mean this is the this is the most time to overreact at all so should i come up with something like a, a super hot take that like, yeah i mean we, yes. jason and i have both uh agreed uh that this could be potentially the best tight end room ever uh, I not think that's just a pretty Georgia. timid take. Not just at Georgia ever uh, throughout college football. Uh, I have to go so, back and look. Like Kellen Winslow and Jeremy Shockey at Miami, I have to see what's behind them because those two guys are pretty true. True, intense. but I, I, we're getting there. So you know, something, some, some type of hot takes. But no, what was your takes from today's game? You know, overall, I, I think the guys that are the leaders on this team and the best players, they they kind of showed that. Like there was a, a part in the second quarter where Jalen Carter was like. I think he forgot it was a spring game and just started bowling through people. Um, and you started seeing quarterbacks just get rid of the football because they didn't want the fake sack even for their numbers. Uh, Jalen Carter is the best player in this team. He will be the best player in this team if he stays healthy. He'll be a top 
potentially five pick in the NFL draft next year. He probably would be a top five pick in the NFL draft this year if he were eligible. I mean, that's the kind of talent that he is. Um, Eric Gilbert, I think a lot of people are excited about him. And I think for good reason. I do wonder, like Todd Munkin's got a weird situation here, right, with all of these tight ends. When you get to the red zone, like, would you go 14 personnel at any point? Yes. Yes. Okay. but at some point, you have to be like, well, A.D. Mitchell's good out down there, too, and, and McConkie's done some stuff. But Kiaris uh, Jackson? I mean. Uh, Kiaris did look like he was probably in better form than he was most of last year. Probably so, all of last year, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he he looked back to, like, that normal Kiaris, almost like that uh, a light, a Miko light, if you will, uh, type player. So just things that maybe people aren't talking about as much. I, I thought just physically, I thought Georgia's defensive backs looked a little more advanced this time of year than they did last year. So I think there's a lot to be excited about there. Inside linebackers, aren't, they're not quite where they were. I mean, how could you be with the amount of talent that's leaving and the amount of experience that is leaving? Um, you know, another guy that uh, I saw Brent put this on Twitter. It, like, it's this is a bit of a hot take. He said he thought that Dejan Edwards would probably lead Georgia in rushing this year. Yeah, I saw that. I, I didn't retweet. Yeah, that. He, uh, yeah, he quote tweeted me because uh, yeah. I thought Edwards' uh, his touchdown was very his ten yard touchdown was so impressive to me. I thought, and he's, he's nimble. He, he's somebody yeah. that last year in the fourth quarter, he, you know, it's garbage time, and and he's the fifth. He was the fifth back a year ago, and you're just sitting there going, "This guy's legit, though." I mean, he. He obviously Georgia's running back group is stacked, and, and this guy's sitting there making plays. I mean, yeah, at this point, both teams are usually had their second groups in, but you know, sometimes you just the eye test, you see it. And, and, and he was incredibly impressive last year. Did you see him do it at G Day? And yeah, no, it, it did. I had to retweet him because I was like, okay, that's that's a, that's a take right there, but um, <laughs> but that's not that wouldn't necessarily be the most surprising thing to me. Uh, I, I think Edwards, uh, he plays his cards right. He has a chance to to at least put himself in position to to be a you know eight to twelve touch a game kind of guy this year. Well, I know we talked about it on the uh, running back show, the off season running back show, where we were talking about who's going to take that spot of James Cook, that receiving back out of the backfield. And we saw Kenny McIntosh do that today. What happens if Kenny goes down though? I think Dejon could potentially help in that that role. Remember, guys, we still had two running backs so we weren't able to see today. Uh, the two. Uh, non-early enrollees uh, coming from this class of 2022, Robinson and Paul. So, you know, it'll be curious to see where they get into the lineup. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to put this out on the show last week, but I didn't. My hot take was going to be we're going to see a lot of Savion Clark, and we did. Yeah. Uh, I think he, you know, if if Robinson, obviously Robinson and Paul are going to come in and, and take some of those garbage reps, but Clark's not a bad walk-on uh, to have out there, and, and he showed it, uh, you know, so – Give some shout outs to the walk on guys that are out there hustling around. Savion Clark did that as well. Uh, Here's Phil one thing Rod- I noticed in the fourth quarter. Um, oh, well, sorry ahead. to interrupt. Yeah, uh, Phil Rogers says Dan Lane is shaking in his boots, but uh, go ahead. One thing I noticed is that typically in G Day, look, Stetson Bennett's the starting quarterback on this team. People can write the articles, whatever. You know, you can say what you want. Fine. Uh, typically, when that's the case, that player doesn't play in the fourth quarter for spring game. And That's what I was like, telling Jason. Like, like Kirby put him yeah. in that spot to say, go go run this particular situation. Um, and but so, he threw it 35 times, though. Like, normally, if you are if you have the starting quarterback and you're like, you're the guy, don't you want to get as many reps as possible for Beck, Gunner? Don't do this, Paul. Don't, don't, I'm don't. Just a- Paul, I'm don't not, do this. I'm just asking, man, because, like, 
normally you would want to get more reps for those guys who aren't going to get reps during the season, but Bennett threw it 35 damn times in the spring game. I mean, they yeah, all the spring, lot, Kirby's spring games have always been pass heavy. He wants to put a show on for the fans. That has been his history. This isn't the Mark Rick spring game. I oh, mean, God, those are so we're good. six, we're six years into this now. This, or this is the seventh one. I think, uh, I, I, I can remember when Jacob Eason enrolled early that spring game, they just, they threw the hell out of the ball. And ever since then, that's kind of what, how he's treated it. It's very vanilla defensively. Um, I don't look into, you know, inside linebackers, DBs. I really don't look into a whole lot of their, their performance. They're not showing anything out there. This is just a, this is, this is for the fans. It's a way to end the spring. You want to show, showcase the offensive players. That's really what this, this scrimmage is. And, um, uh, yeah, so throwing the ball 35 times, that's in Bennett. That's really a no issue, a, no, a non-conversation starter in my opinion. Now, a couple of the receivers, I think, but Jackson Meeks is going to play in this team. May not be a whole lot because it, it's it's a crowded depth. Chart. They're going to go five tight ends when they go five wide. <laughs> you know? uh, but, Blake, Jackson's a good player and really strong hands. Uh, you know, what was it Nylon Green that he caught one mm-hmm. kind of through Nylon's hands? Yeah. Um, I think Jackson's just a really solid player. And some of him reminds me of a young Kiaris, but I need to say how he blocks an open field. You don't you don't play wide receiver at Georgia if you're not able to block. Here's my question to you guys. We're gonna, you know, dive into this next week, I think, Jason, since we're doing this show, we're not gonna do on Sunday night, is wide receiver tight ends, and it leads kind of into that. But one question that we ask uh, each week and we haven't gotten a yes to is is there a transfer potential of coming into the program at this position? Uh, quarterback, obviously, we said no. Uh, running back, we said no. O-line, we said no. Uh, but wide receiver is one where a lot of people are thinking, hey, maybe Kirby goes out and gets a guy. But now you see if you're able to retain Darnell Washington, which I think is a key piece, and put him on the field with Bowers along with Gilbert, there's only so many snaps that you can put out wide receivers out there. You've got – I mean, you've got a good bit of guys. Kiaris Jackson, Don Blaylock looked decent today. Uh, Arian Smith caught the 60 yard bomb who you can throw out there for 10 to 12 plays a game and just tell him to go run go routes. And if he gets past this guy, you throw it to him. Uh, let's see. Jackson Meeks, like Dane said, A.D. Mitchell is going to be out there. Rosemary Jack Saint is now healthy again. Uh, you know, and then you've got Ladd McConkey. You've got McIntosh catching out of the backfield. I don't know after watching G day, and this might be overreaction if they need another wide receiver. I was coming into this season thinking, they might need, you know, like if there's a top tier wide receiver out there after spring, maybe you go out and try to get them. But it, the room is already packed enough as it is, I feel. Yeah, I don't think you need a receiver, but I think if there's one that just oh, happens to be there who is a, I mean, you like don't. Jameson you, Williams type? Yeah, you like you don't have a, a, a George Pickens type talent, that kind of guy. I mean, you're you're very, very selective if you're Georgia. This this group reminds me of, I believe it was what 2012 or 2013, where they they had they had a ton of receivers. Yeah, it was Aaron Murray's junior and senior years where they he had it was junior year, yeah, where he had a he had a ton of receivers, but no big time superstar, you know, top. You talking Mitchell, 15. Conley, Michael Bennett, yeah, that group? yeah, yep. yeah, that group where it was just a bunch of guys who you know a lot of them went to the NFL. Uh, you know, Conley's had a, a pretty decent career, but he's never been a number one option. Uh, right. You know, this is that kind of group, which is which is fine. And then you have an NFL sh- uh, surefire guy in Brock Bowers, potentially in Gilbert, if, if he's able to stay on a stay on a good path moving forward. 
Um, so, so you don't need one, but man, yeah, if you get, if one of those guys comes open, that is that kind of NFL type talent. I think Kirby could potentially make a run at it just, just because why, why not at that point? But again, you got the scholarship issue that we, we've talked about before. So, um, you, I, think, I think in this situation, you're very selective. Where are you at with that, Dane? I think the departures are probably going to determine the arrivals, right? So like if, if there's three offensive linemen that enter the portal, then I, I could look at it and see where you might want an experienced tackle now that you've lost Marius Mims. Sure. Uh, because when you start getting to that second string, like Ernest Green would be on the field pretty quickly. Um, and so I could see Georgia wanting some experience there. I could probably see the same thing uh, even on the defensive line, although they, they have more depth there. It's just not their young guys, you know. Speaking um, of a defensive line, Ingram Dawkins, guys, is going to be a name to know. Uh, he was out there with the first team defense and is taking over that uh, nose tackle, I guess you would say, in a sense. He's not as big, obviously, as Jordan Davis, uh, but he made some disruptive plays out there and is definitely going to be a guy uh, that you need to know on that defense. Any other names that stood out to you guys on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, looks like Ingram Dawkins did have a sack and a one and a half tackles for loss. Any other names on that defensive side of the ball that stood out to you guys today? Warren Brinson for me. Yeah. Well, his helmet stood out to me. Uh, <laughs> that thing was wild. I mean, that thing was like, it looked like a, 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 he's on like the Tour de France, like super wide. And I don't know. That thing was, that thing was wild. Um, Warren Brinson looked good. I like, I like Brinson. Uh, Malachi Starks was on the black defense wearing number 24. He, I'm going to pull the stats up real quick, guys. He led the black team in tackles. And I don't remember seeing, like, I must I have just noticed missed that at all. <laughs> I, I must have just missed that. I don't know. Um, and then uh, Everett, also a uh, early enrollee mm-hmm. DB. So those two guys led the team in tackles. And somehow I missed, I missed them both playing. Um, I saw Everett out there, but I, I didn't remember. I saw Everett Starks. a couple times. I take that back. I did see Everett a couple times. I did not see Malachi Starks out there. Uh, that's, that's my fault. So I cannot comment on those two early enrollees that much, but they led, well, actually, if you look at it, the black defense, three, uh, DBs, all early enrollees led the black team in defensive, uh, tackles. So, well, another guy, Bill Norton, I thought, uh, you know, him yeah. having a knack for knocking the ball down and then goes two pass breakups. Two, yeah, uh, had- there, was one, there was one late where Stetson, uh, yeah, Stetson got his ball knocked down. Uh, it was old, old Bill Norton in there. So, you know, that, that's a, Obviously, good fundamental uh, when past situations, knowing, um, you know, staying there, reading the quarterback, and getting that, get your, getting your hand on the ball there. Seven thought, pass breakups for the uh, first team defense. Seven. And I thought one of the guys that stood out in that regard was Javon Bullard. I could see him playing a lot for Georgia this year. Did it, hey, Jason, you mentioned um, well, uh, William Poole. We did not mention, we, we have not really mentioned him as, um, at least on the last couple of shows, as him being an outside corner. And, uh, you know, there he was. So um, it's interesting. He looked a little more ripped to me, right? Like, he, he, yeah. was, he was in phenomenal yeah. shape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about that? So we had the inside linebackers. We got a question over here from uh, Phil again. Phil's asking all the good questions, just leading our segments to, uh, to the next segment. Inside linebacker looked a little different today, obviously, with the departure of all three of Tyndall, Walker, and Dean. We know – JDJ is going to be out there. He's going to be one of the starting linebackers. That other starting linebacker spot seems to be up in the air with Munden out with an injury with the uh, labrum tear. 
Xavier Sori was listed on the black team, uh, but I did not see him out there today. Did, if, did either one of you guys see Sori out there? I, I think he might. I, don't, I tried to look up if he was injured. It didn't look like it, um, but he was listed on the black team. So that would be the second team defense. The other inside linebacker uh, that was on the first team defense on the red side was actually uh, Tresman Marshall, a guy yeah. that we had not heard of uh, due to injuries since really his freshman season. And he came up with a uh, little tip, little tip uh, interception there. So inside linebacker, guys, what's your take on that? Uh, it, it, it looked different for sure. It's, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> Dane, Dane alluded to that. Uh, when, you, when you lose uh, N'Kobe Dean and Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, you're going to have a drop-off. Um, again, I, I thought they were fine. I thought uh, it's good to see um, – uh, you know, Johnson out there making, making plays, uh, getting to the ball, um, uh, you know, seven tackles, five solo. I, I thought that um, all things considered, they were fine. But, but again, it's, it's a matter of you're, you're not seeing the N'Kobe Dean type stuff. It's also G-Day. Defense is keeping things very, um, very vanilla. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting a charger delivered because my computer has 6% battery. So. <laughs> it's okay, man. But, but, okay. but yeah, I, I – uh, I, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll turn it over to Dane now, but that, that, that was my impression. Not bad. Not, not great. You know, I, I think it was a decent performance, uh, all things considered. Like Jason said earlier, I don't think there's a lot you can really take away from inside linebackers in this game. They're not charged with, you know, defending the run like you normally would be. Um, just kind of an extension of what I heard through spring camp, a guy that I think will probably be playing significant snaps essentially even starting later in the year is Jalen Walker. And I know as a true freshman, that'd be a lot to, to say. But Jalen Walker, I, I think, is going to end up being a guy that plays a lot of downs at Georgia starting this year and going to be a starter into the next two years. Is he that right away? Probably not. I mean, a lot of this is going to depend on health. And there's a lot of guys in this group here that have some injury history to overcome. Uh, otherwise, a guy like Jalen Walker is going to be needed there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of comments in the uh, YouTube thread about Tresman Marshall's performance today. They were very impressed with him. Curious to see how that translates over to summer once you get those guys back from injury. We don't know the status on Sorry why he didn't play today. We do know Munden's out with the labrum tear. I think Munden could come definitely compete. Uh, and they tried to ask N'Kobe Dean during the game who was going to take over his uh, you know, inside linebacker responsibilities, and he wasn't going to name a name, but it – and I'd have to go back and watch, Dane. You're much better at this than I am. It sounded like he almost said sm like Smundin, but he stopped himself. And, and we'll have to check that. So he was like, there's a lot of good guys over there. You know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to throw anybody out, but it sounded like he almost said Munden's first name. Again, I am not the uh, TV analyzer as, as Dane is, but it sounded like it to me. Hey, I've got my take ready. I've got my hot take. Oh, oh hey. All right, so I we wish have I had a, a horn. Burr, 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 burr. We have a position battle. I think there is a job that is active and is open and will go into the summer or maybe even into the fall. Can we and try I, to guess it before you go say for it? it. You, can, you can go for it. Like, who? I'm going to go. You're, uh, you're going offensive line. I'm not. Okay. Oh, you're not. Really? I mean, I, there's probably like two that are still active there, frankly, but that's not what I'm thinking of right now. Ah, okay. So he's not going quarterback. He's not going running. Oh, 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 and it would be unseating a guy that has started for kicker. You're going kicker. Boom. Yep. Is that because Zirkle? Yeah, Zirkle. Zirkle. I, I, I think I think that's active. I, I think really? Zirkle looks solid. 
I thought that was weird that he did come out uh, with with the first team offense. Well, and then he got the kick at the end to win the game, right? That yep. seemed to me like put him under pressure. Like, you got to go for the game-winning kick. Can you do it? <laughs> Everybody in the comments came like, in. <laughs> They're so disappointed in the comments. <laughs> I'm just talking about kickers. Hey, man, he uh, he came in with a lot of hype, and it was a surprise to see the walk-on uh, Pod Lesney beat him out. But maybe it's yeah. his time. Maybe finally he's uh, you know, he, he's, he's living up to it. He, he was inaccurate coming in. That was his issue. He's got a big leg, but – yeah, um, we'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're on to something, Dane. Kickers he pulled, are kicking he pulled too, the kicker out right there. That, yeah. I was, was not expecting that. Speaking of kickers, guys, I'll get you some kick stats here. Uh, three of four pod net pause. I can't even hot pod was three of four uh, from 24, 33 and 28. He was good. He missed that long 48 yard uh, field goal there at the second end of the second uh, quarter. As for Zirkel, two for two, 36 and 27 for him. So, uh, and we we have somebody, uh, Corn Alien. Corn Alien says, uh, sorry, did play. So, I appreciate that, Corn Alien. That's a pretty cool profile. You look like a corn. That was an like alien in corn, right? That's literally an, yeah, it's a, yeah, I'll put it back up again. That's an alien in corn. So, I mean, I Corn it. Alien uh, doing his thing. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Any I other? still think for Georgia, the, the biggest asset on the team, you can't see it in spring, is that it's the schedule. Like, like I think Georgia's talent overall against the schedule, it should be a pretty easy cruising season. I don't know if this is a playoff team. I don't know if this is a team that can contend to repeat for the national championship. You're not going to see much that indicates that until early middle of the season. Uh, but you just start looking at the schedule and you're like, there aren't many teams that should really compete just based on a talent level. You get past Oregon and yeah, you get, you, you I don't know, man, the end of the, that end of the SEC schedule there at the end, having to go to Kentucky back-to-back games on the road. Uh, first time for Georgia SEC uh, to finish the season since 2008. I'd be, be more concerned about Tennessee and Mississippi state just because they're kind of quirky offenses that you don't prepare for every week. I like um, it. I mean, Kentucky competes with Georgia well, and if things flip, different ways, I guess, in the last couple of years. Maybe they're closer games, but I've never felt in the last, like, three years that there was a game against Kentucky that Georgia was in doubt of losing. Now, maybe they weren't winning by the margin that you would expect them to, and it was closer for a while, but but I have not thought that Kentucky was going to beat Georgia in any of these games. No, and I, I think, you know, you get past Oregon, you get to Florida, then it's Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and I, I'm with you. I, I've just – even the games that were close against Kentucky, you just felt like Georgia was going to pull them out in the end. Um, I feel the same again. I don't, I don't see anything on Kentucky's roster to, to lend itself. Gr- granted, obviously, the back-to-back away game uh, doesn't, isn't, isn't ideal to, to end a SEC season. But at the same time, um, I'm with you, Dane. I think the schedule shapes out pretty nicely for them. I, I think that Mississippi State game is super scary just because – Late in the year, on the road, you know, I got the cowbells and all that stuff. Like, they're not nearly yeah. as talented of a team, but you know Will Rogers is accurate, and you know Mike Leach is going to throw 73-yard passes. So it's just it's more annoying than it is difficult. Um, yeah. but, you know, but Mississippi State beats teams, and Mike Leach in particular has beaten teams in his career that they shouldn't have beaten. Uh, we've got a question from Bertha. She's, uh, Bertha710 says, have I missed a discussion on Brinson? We discussed Brinson a little bit. Looked good, right? Uh, I, so I thought Brinson looked good. He had the one. Um, it was against Dylan Fairchild, uh, where it just completely swimmed around and made the tackle on the backfield. I think it was on Dejan Edwards. Yeah, um, 
And so Georgia's going to need some guys to like get in the backfield there. And as much attention as Jalen Carter is going to demand, who's ever playing beside him should have opportunities to exploit some of these gaps. And you saw it with Ingram Dawkins. I think you'll see it with Brinson. Um, you know, Nolan Smith is going to have some opportunities, obviously. But Jalen Carter is going to be as much of a, a force, but then also a distraction, too, because there's going to be some teams that need three people just to put in his way. Pine Saw Lemon Scent, another wild YouTube name here. We're getting them all, man. I appreciate it. Uh, says, I'm the, am, am I the only one that feels like we have a lot to clean up with drop balls in the wide receiver room? There were a couple of drop passes today. Let's see. Uh, I'll get your guys' take. I will pull up how many technical drops they put on uh, for these guys here. Three drops. Three drops. Okay. So it. McIntosh had one. Seether had one. And Milton had one. So, so not even a receiver. No, no wide receivers had drops. So. But, I mean, hey, if they, if they do drop the ball, that just gives Monk another reason to go five tight ends or four tight ends. <laughs> I, I think all. the thing to clean up is probably – look, it's weird because, like, this is quarterbacks throwing to people that they don't get all a lot of reps with all the time. So, like, this is not your average situation of a game, right? To me, it was blatantly obvious that, like, Stetson Bennett is – head and shoulders above the rest of the quarterback room because you saw flashes you saw Carson Beck what his first pass was as pretty of a pass as he's thrown at Georgia and then you saw at the end of the game Vandergriff was kind of getting into a groove showing his speed showing when he gets out and, and kind of throws on the run but like both of those guys I thought had multiple plays where it's like what the heck are you even doing where's that ball going why is it so underthrown why is it behind this guy especially Stetson, had, Stetson especially had a couple of those too don't get me wrong but just Overall, this is not about talent as much as it is consistency. And Stetson Bennett's going to have more of that going into the season. Uh, you have to have these other guys ready in case injuries happen. I mean, Bennett's been remarkably healthy and remarkably tough. But, you know, to me, I wouldn't feel great about the backup quarterback situation other than it's better than it has been. And, you know, I don't think you want to go against an Alabama with Beck or Vandergriff in the current form that they're in. Well, you would go against him instead with 24-year-old Stetson Fleming Bennett the fourth. He is now 24 years old. What degree do you have left to get at this law point? school? Right. And I yeah. think I think I read he he gave somebody an interview saying he wanted to go to law school when it's all said and done. So go got, ahead and get your JD while you're still yeah. playing QB at UGA. <laughs> My favorite fact right now is that Stetson Bennett and Lamar Jackson were both born in 1997. That's oh my astonishing. gosh. That's that's astonishing. Um and yeah, and, and yeah, that's wild. Uh, you could definitely tell. I will say, you can definitely tell the chemistry between Gilbert and Bennett, though. Uh, Stet Stetson knew that when he got into certain situations, uh, Gilbert was his guy. He was looking for him a hundred percent, and that's that. That was evident. And it's good to see Gilbert back. One crazy thing I heard on the broadcast said that Gilbert came back to Athens three hundred pounds. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, I want to say that was actually reported on the dog net uh, yeah, right, when three, he, right when he came back. 300 pounds. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm surprised that Todd Munkin wasn't like, look, maybe we can uh, use you at right yeah. tackle, bud. I mean, you're, you know. So, so one, of the th one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I guess was kind of glossed over was, you know, he, he came back for winter workouts, if I'm not mistaken. So he was back in January. Yep. And – Therefore, he's had from January to now to lose the 35 pounds. I think he's 265, or they're they're claiming he's 260. Which he looks it. He doesn't. He doesn't look like a, a 
he doesn't look like Darnell Washington, and Darnell Washington's not fat by any means. Just Darnell Washington's just really wide and and six seven at the same time. So obviously he's up. You know, he he was two seventy five or two eighty at one point last year. But um, I mean, he looks two sixty five, and but he's had a good amount of time to lose the weight, and he's had the conditioning program to lose the weight. Um, so I mean, kudos to him. That's why I said if he can if he can keep his mind straight and and stay on the right the right path moving forward and. And uh, I mean, the, the sky's the limit for the kid. I mean, he was a five-star player for for a reason. And if Georgia can can reap the benefits of, of really giving him the support he needed, you know, at the time, then um, you know he, he could be a tremendous player for the Bulldogs this year. And he's a two-time academic player of the week. One before That's he true. left, and one after he left, which is right. fantastic. Uh, you know, the the narrative on him was is that he came back and wanted to be a wide receiver, and it's like. Are you sure? Because it doesn't seem like that. <laughs> could you, could you imagine like him showing back up and being like, "Yeah, I'm ready to play wide receiver." And they're like, "Son, step on a scale." And they're like, "You weigh 300 pounds." Like I'm yeah, sure like, Brian McClendon got here, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, Gilbert says he wants to play receiver." And he's like, "Huh?" No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about that offensive line <laughs> lineman that's sitting over there in he's my like, room? Todd Hartley, go go over and chat with him and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Phil Rogers says, uh, you know, he takes off another 25, 20 pounds. He'll be a beast. He's uh, a receiver at that point, I think. He's man, a big body says, receiver. You get him to 235, he's absolutely unstoppable. I don't know. You know, talk around town is, you know, they want to keep him at that tight end position. I don't know how much more weight – how much more weight should he lose? Where where should his playing weight be? If they're saying is it 265 now, they yeah. say on the Georgia Dogs website he's 248. So, I mean, it, yeah, you no. know, let's – where's his playing weight? And – what do you do with, with a weapon like Gilbert? Because we saw the chemistry, guys. Like I said, we saw the chemistry between Bennett and Gilbert. It's just like it's, – it's almost like Bowers was there. It just was in Gilbert's body. I mean, the, the chemistry was there. Where do you want him to play at in that weight? And then I guess my next question will be – it will be a take off of where you want him to play at that weight. So, If he um... – if he stays at tight end, I don't think you get him below 255. I think you keep him in the 255 to 265 range, and that way you can have him block those bigger bodies. You don't you don't want him to lose too much weight. Then he's not a blocking tight end. Then he's Evan Ingram. You don't want Evan Ingram. Not at Georgia. <laughs> no disrespect to Evan Ingram. It's just that's he's a receiver. He's a receiver once you drop too much weight. So if they want to keep him at a tight end, I think that's that's where if if he is long term a receiver now 248 when he came. Back from uh, back to Georgia the first time he he was reportedly skinny and it was yeah. okay yeah he can play receiver um, you know I think that was what he wanted to do he wants he wants to be a, a playmaker catch balls that sort of thing um, so so that might have been a little bit of a public relations sort of but let's put this out to the media he's a receiver to make him happy um, it, but but if the plan is tied in he, he two fifty five to two sixty five I think that range he, he let him lose a little bit more weight from that 265 mark and um, kind of keep them in there. Jason, you've covered the NFL much more closely than I ever have. And I look at this and I say with Gilbert, this is like a nine month, I guess at this point, eight month job interview for him. Sure. And then he can be in the draft process. If things go well this season, and I don't even know what would constitute well, like is he first round potential at, at his size? It just depends on the season. Um, I think the background of leaving LSU um, – Having some off-field stuff. Uh, it's not like he's a, a bad guy. He obviously just had some off-field stuff that prevented him from playing last year. But it's the NFL. I think that stuff gets taken into consideration. So 
Um, if you're a team and you draft a player, if you're going to draft a player in the first round, you need to make sure that, um, especially at the NFL, when you're you're on your own, like you go to work and then you're on your own. It's not like college where you're 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. and then you're in the dorms and you have all of this support. So um, at the NFL level, like once you leave work, if they can't count on you, they're not gonna they're not gonna draft you in the first round. So I think that's his thing. Is like you said, it is an eight nine month job interview. He has to probably go above and beyond to prove that whatever issues faced him in the past that he can he's passed that and um a team a professional team can count on him so he's got a one prove it on the field and two prove it off the field and those academic awards uh do (laughs) will go a long way because uh obviously putting the effort in the classroom uh helps too and um and and if kirby smart can get behind him in that that respect he, he will be his biggest cheerleader to these nfl teams when you start looking at like guys in the NFL that it's like hard to find one of those, I think of guys like Travis Kelsey. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's got that skill set in particular, but if you can kind of be that hybrid of like match up on a ton of different people and be a mismatch for any of them, either because of speed or ball skills or size, like I'm looking at it and just seeing how Gilbert was moving today, I don't think he needs to lose any weight. I think he could play yeah. exactly where he is right now and, and have a really great season. And so, you know, I, I suspect Kel- coaches are going to be very happy with what they saw today from him too. Travis Kelty, just uh, for you guys, 6'5", 260. Um, so puts him right there with where with where Gilbert currently is, 6'5", 260-ish. So uh, another guy uh, we could talk about here is uh, P- Porter Osborne Jr. says, uh, Walker looks bigger than expected. He's the next one at uh, middle linebacker. I like I like Jalen Walker. I like, I like Jalen Walker a lot. I think a lot of people like Jalen Walker. Way he presents himself, he's he's just kind of been that guy for Georgia's recruiting class. He's the early enrollee. He's all about business. Uh, Jalen Walker could step into that middle linebacker role. That'll be a position I'm interested in looking forward to. In terms of leadership, some like Nicobe Dean vibes from that guy. Like that's very, very much yeah. so. Um, very much so. So, you know, Jalen Walker is a guy that we can look at that that linebacker room. What's funny is. Uh, Pine saw said talking about Gilbert he's bigger than the whole linebacker room. He might be, he might be Chaz Chambliss guys, guy we yeah. didn't talk about much. Uh, Jason, you might've brought him up last week or that was Ben, one of you guys. I think I it was know. Ben. Yeah. Uh, no, so I think it was a comment brought him up. Cause we, we were, uh, we, we omitted Chaz Chambliss. So somebody was calling us yeah. out for the disrespect. Uh, but, Chaz Chambliss yeah. running with the uh, first team defense there at outside linebacker. Obviously, Robert Beal not mm-hmm. participating, but uh, Chaz Chambliss. Thoughts you like on him. That? You like his yeah. motor, man. He, he gets after it. And I think um, that that sort of thing, Kirby Smart loves that. Um, he, he's old school in that, that respect. If you play the game the right way, if you um, put in the effort and you have talent to go with it, You'll find a you'll find your your place on the roster on on the playing field. I mean, he's not going to to uh, do that. You know, with the with the scrappy walk on who uh, who has no talent but is there good for practice. That guy's not make, making the field. But Chaz Chambliss has talent, and he may not be the most talented outside linebacker, but the way he plays, the fact he does have talent, uh, I think that's going to earn him at least a rotational spot this year. I, I think um, uh, he, he's 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 smart too. Uh, you know, I, I think I think he's got. Um, I, I I don't want to talk him up too much, but but I, but I think there's something there to where um, if he's asked and, and called upon, uh, he's a reliable player for this defense. Hey, one of my sources must be watching because I just got a text. Uh, someone that uh, has pretty good contacts, uh, and 
uh, we were talking about Gilbert and he says that anyone that says that Gilbert uh, is going to be told to lose weight, that's, that's BS. They actually want him to get bigger. Okay. Really? <laughs> really? So I, I think they want a big hunking tight end. It sounds like I, I trust this source. That's I, mean, you, I mean, he moved, like, like you said, he moved well today. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want any tight end in this offense to play below two fifty five. But if he's our, if he's two sixty five right now, maybe maybe he's not. Maybe he because he didn't he doesn't look, yeah he didn't look that big out there. Like no, when they said two sixty five and they zoomed the camera in on him, I was like I he might know. be about two sixty. And maybe maybe it was all about getting the fat off the body and now you build up the muscle. Um, Good God! If he can still if he can move around at that weight, he's dangerous. Very 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 dangerous. <laughs> like. So at that point, I guess you you could run, you know, Darnell and Gilbert on the line, and then run Bowers off the line, and just see what happens. I mean, it. Tell you, man, four uh, tight ends, man. It's happened. It's, it's got to happen. One guy that uh, we saw out there today that I don't think he made a ton of plays. I'll have to go look at his stat line. It doesn't really pop up into my head so much as making a, a ton of plays. MJ Sherman. Uh, if we had to, if we were giving out awards for uh, first guy off the bus. MJ Sherman last year was Quay Walker uh, who uh, who took that award from out of nowhere looked like a uh, the next coming of Lorenzo Carter especially wearing that number seven Uh, this year MJ Sherman would be my first guy off the bus Uh, maybe this is his year we talked about that earlier with MJ this is kind of his show me year Um, right you know gotta put up or shut put up or shut up right (laughs) yeah yeah he had three tackles today for the second team defense, uh, two solo tackles, but didn't get to the pass. Uh, didn't get to the passer too often. And uh, he's a guy for me that uh, first guy off the bus. Definitely, definitely looked the part. Going to have to see how he plays the part. A couple other guys that got hyped up. Uh, Zion Logue is a guy that George is very high on. We've heard a lot out of him this spring. He finished with uh, two tackles today. We've already talked about Ingram Dawkins. Uh, Jalen Carter, obviously, Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith. So you've got a guy on each, you know, level that is a leader with Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and, and Keely Ringo. Curious to see what happens once Tyke Smith, you know, comes back and plays. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys uh, that I'm curious to to see. I don't think that this defense, guys, and you probably could back me up on this is anywhere close to being the defense that we see lining up against Oregon, uh, this first-team defense today. No. And um, I think this year, especially the the back portion of the schedule, uh, like we alluded to, Tennessee, Mississippi State, some of those high-powered offenses, Tennessee especially, uh, I am kind of concerned uh, with, with them and how they will progress. Kind of like last year when they – the first, the first half, first quarter and a half or so, you were like, okay, t- you know, t- Tennessee just yeah. was able to make some plays out there that, uh, you know, and, and, and impress the tempo a little bit. Um, I think this year more than last year, you're going to have Stetson Bennett be asked to, to make plays downfield and this offense be a little more explosive, um, which, again, I will go back to why you have him third 35 times. And He's he's not going. This offense cannot afford. I think with how many players they lost on defense, they cannot afford to be um, in ball control mode like they could a year ago. Especially in the middle part when Stetson had to take over and and they had to adjust a little bit before they they got more confidence in him toward the end of the year. I think from the start he's going to be counted on to to push the ball downfield and he has the weapons to do it. So 
Um, I, I do think that um, because of that, because of because of the defense, um, you're gonna have you're gonna have the offense having to 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 present itself uh, that it can be in shootouts um, a little more than than they were a year ago. Really, it was just what Alabama that they had to to really press the offense. I agree with you. There is one concern that I have that I don't think you got to see as much during G Day just because of how it's played, but Georgia's uh, pass protection. Sure. I think it's going to be a little leaky early on. Uh, and, you know, having two newish guards, I know Truss has played a lot, but like, um, I didn't see just a ton of just back up, have the athleticism hold off. I mean, there's some depth there. Don't get me wrong. So I, I think if there's more injuries, obviously, if Ratlitch comes back and is good, uh, I think we saw Blasky at both right tackle and at center in this game. I think that's mm-hmm. a guy that's going to play at some point this year. Um, yeah. Georgia's going to need the mobility at quarterback. They're going to need the extend the plays just like last year. And yep. especially if they're going to be throwing more frequently, I think there's going to be a lot of just timing passes and throw it to a spot and see what happens. Which is a lot of the college game today anyway. Um, so that, that is how you make up for an offensive line. I don't think you're going to have the, the prototypical uh, – yeah, well, nobody does the, the drops anymore really. It's all shotgun, but he's – yeah, you're not going to have the time. You're not going to be able to sit in the pocket as as much as maybe you would prefer. But um, they're going to have to throw the ball. I don't. You're not going to. You're not going to be in as many blowouts as you were last season. At least that's just how my read on the situation right now. Maybe some of these guys surprise us all, and they they turn into a pretty dominant defense again. Um, if we you have look at the bodies up front. I, I think run protection yeah. is in really good shape heading into the sure. season. Right. What about uh, only seeing Gunnar Stockton really out there? I think it was for. One drive might have been two. I know he went one for three. I, I know he had obviously the one drive. Not seeing a ton out of him today. Yeah, it, it's just one of those you got to wait, wait your turn, young fella type scout deal. Team. I mean, yeah, got a guy, scout team. It. They're they're in. A, I think they're in a good spot at quarterback. Um, not not a great spot, but I think the depth's there. Uh, I think uh, yeah, you know, Carson Beck had a, had a good game. Granted, against the second team, I think he's for sure the second team guy. Brock getting reps there, had glimpses. Obviously, Dane said earlier uh, there were some. They had their moments, kind of like the last two years, uh, more so two years ago with Stetson, where you were like, "What are you doing?" Um, you know, he's cleaned a lot of that up. Um, but now those two guys, you know, you see has that. Has he? Bit. Has he? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about G Day though, because like yeah. we all hear a lot of the like disgruntled one that comes from players, whether it's from playing time or mm-hmm. they think they're better than the person ahead of them. So like we hear a lot of players that are kind of talking about the portal or whatever. It's it's very trendy to do. Then they end up staying and they have great careers, like whatever, and then they love the G forever. That's that's the nature nature of college athletics. But like Within the last year, I was told by people that would know that Carson Beck for sure was going to transfer. He didn't, and obviously he looked as good as he has at Georgia today. And the same with Dejan Edwards, that he was going to be transferring too. And then you see them together in the same backfield in G-Day and be like, oh, each of those guys is not only like in, in line to be very valuable to this team, but like one play away from being the guy on the team at that yeah. position, uh, which, you know, if you look at Georgia quarterback depth, if if Beck were to end up transferring now, which I don't Ooh. think is going to happen, like Ooh. it will get perilous, Ooh. right? Like then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah we need to better we, be ready. We need to have uh, Miss yeah. Caroline back on the right. show because uh, yeah, we we got to make sure we relay that info to her for Georgia fans. Hey, Beck's only one play away, and uh, you don't you don't want to go down. I mean, and this is no knock on Vandegrift. I just think he's a little young. I think the, the game's still kind of moving a little fast for him. 
I, you do not want Stetson to go down and then you have to throw Brock in there. Yes, he can move with his feet. We saw that in a couple of plays today. But at the same time, there were a couple of throws where Brock, it was just like, yo, bro, you are 10 yards a little too deep. And then the whole snap snapping issue, I don't know if that was, you know, so much Brock, but there was a couple of them that hit him in the hands and he was just not having a great time really trying to catch that ball in the shotgun uh, from the center there. So, yeah. Well, you, let me be clear, too. Like, I don't I don't think there's going to be a quarterback transfer, in part because, like, now it is super difficult to go anywhere and learn a new offense and be the guy at that spot yeah. unless it's someone you've worked with before, which is what JT Daniels' situation is at West Virginia, right? He's worked with Graham Harrell, so they, they kind of speak the same language already. But, like, if a quarterback, unless you're just an amazing athlete and none of these guys that are in the portal now at quarterback are going to be game changers when your conference kind of a deal – um, it's just it's really hard to, to go in and get the trust of the guys in, in a summer and then learn a new system. I don't see that happening with Beck. I, I think he'll be at Georgia in the fall. All I'm saying is there were times in the past, and it makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. Look at the depth chart that like he he was at least considering that. Yeah, yeah. when you're the third guy, uh, when, when, especially last year when you were the second guy, and then the week you're going to play, you end up getting demoted, and then you end up the third guy when it's all said and done. Yeah, but then JT transfers. Um, one thing I thought when we, the, the the insight that uh, Miss Carolyn said a couple weeks ago was, yeah, you know he, you know people said this, but she did have the caveat. We'll see how we'll see what happens at the end of spring. He's the number two quarterback right now. It's clear he's a number two quarterback. He's not leaving as the number two quarterback. As number two, he's one play away. If he doesn't get in, a Stetson goes the whole year, and he's then he's in position to be the number one guy next year. So then at that point, he would have to, it's his job to lose. So I, I think he's in great, he's in a great position. He's kind of that, it's that old school way, right? You bring in guys at quarterback, you used to have to wait two to three years before you started. Now everybody wants to play right away. I don't necessarily fault them for that, but um, it, it's just not the way it used to be. So I, I think Kirby and them have done a good job in, in this situation. I mean, they've gotten killed and hammered maybe, you know, for the right reasons before and how, how certain quarterback situations were handled. I think with Carson Beck, they, they've done a great job of presenting why you shouldn't leave, especially when he clearly was thinking, you know, that that, that maybe it was his time to go and, and look for playing time elsewhere. It's so hard to compare him and Vandergriff. They do like they're so different in almost okay. every way. Like Beck is polished now more than he was, and he's going to be he's he's mobile to an extent. I'm not saying he's a pocket passer. Like he's way more mobile than JT was, but like he's most likely going to be in the pocket most of the time. He's got a, a, a solid arm. Um, but Vandergriff is more of that like backyard football. Let me do the sidearm thing because that angles there, get on the run. He can do the option yeah. read a little bit better. Like it's just so hard to compare them because uh, you know, they just do things so differently. Yeah. Well, but if you're, go, if you're sorry, Jason, go ahead. I was going to say if you're Todd Munkin, historically speaking, you, you lean toward Carson Beck. That's your guy and, and the type of offense he wants to run. Um, obviously, you have to kind of like uh, – well, Stetson can run that offense too, but they they felt like early they had to adjust the Stetson. Um, you, right now with Brock Vandegrift, you have to adjust the offense to Brock Vandegrift. Carson can come in and he, he fits what, what Todd Munkin and them want to do uh, in terms of Eric Coriel type of offense. Now, going yeah. forward with quarterbacks, what I've been told is that Georgia always wants a quarterback that can run and kind of take a hit too. Um, yeah. So I think – Look, everyone's trying to recreate what Joe Burrow and LSU did. Like, that is an amazing yeah. offense, almost unstoppable. And in terms of ceiling to get to that particular thing, 
Brock is the best one in the roster for that. He's not there yet. He makes too, too many mistakes. I don't think he's got command of the offense right there. I think he can not burrow. That was legendary. <laughs> he, he's got a path to be really, really good at Georgia, but it's, it's still a little early, like you're saying, Paul. Any other guys that we didn't mention today that we should? I feel like we've touched on a lot of the roster. Any other guys that we did not mention today that we should? Guys in the chat, there's a guy you want us to talk about. I saw a couple of people ask about Michael Williams. Uh, looked good. I don't know. I don't know about that uh, that defensive line rotation. How deep it's actually going to go yeah. this year? Uh, if Michael Michael could potentially uh, see Michael's going to play some. Yeah, I yeah. think Marvin Jones will play some too. Yeah, I, I think that this was going to say. I think they can both see the field. I don't know how much they're going to uh, impact. It all kind of depends on you know what what they're able to keep going. They've only been there a few months. Well, not even Marvin Jones, but... Uh, Have y'all talked Brett Thorson? I feel like we should talk punters. Ooh, yeah. We did not talk about the punter. I'm sure that the, the fans will love that, though. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for our numbers to drop on this one. The uh, the Aussie punter. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, <laughs> head out now. Uh, I love punters, here. though, man. Punters are people, too. Uh, four punts today, 150 yards, long of 48, had one down inside the 20. Had some uh, good – sorry, I've got an amber alert going on on my phone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some, okay. Oh, yeah, stop. Um, hope they find them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? We're all going to hell. <laughs> I do. That was I very mean, genuine and not just a, a comment. Yes, go ahead. Uh, he he had some air underneath his punts though, so I like that. It seemed like they were they were sky punting on purpose too. Just uh, it didn't yeah. seem like they were trying to to go uh, end over end. Um, a lot of it was just a uh, to, to to play for the fair catch. But according to Dane, you could have a new kicker and a new punter in the same year. When was the last time that happened, Dave McMahon? Where are you? Yeah, where is uh, Dave? Who last did they have a new punter when Rodrigo came along? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was Rodrigo and, and Cam. Because Cam's a like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The transfer. There yeah. we go. Boom. We did it. We don't yeah. need you, Dave. No, we do need you. <laughs> Come on the Dave. Um, yeah, so new, potentially new kicker. Uh, but Brett Thorson's definitely got the job at punter, the old Aussie. And uh, I like this punts. I'm not much of a punt guy. I, I don't know how to time those unless it's on the actual screen where it tells me how much hang time there is. Because I'm not going to bring out my, my stopwatch on my you phone. Should. It's fun. I, I did a story. <laughs> I, uh, I, I spent some time with Ken Isaac one time uh, while he was working out. And um, this was uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I would like time as punts and uh, just on my iPhone. It was really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Did you get pretty good at it? Did I? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. There's no science to it. You just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was, he was doing some, uh, cause I was, you know, he was, a. Uh, it was right after the AAF. And so he was trying to get, and to get an NFL job and he'd had some opportunities here and there. I did a story on him and, but I was out there uh, out at uh gosh, where were we? What high school was that? doesn't matter. And uh, I was just like timing him. Yeah. It was pretty wild. And uh, uh, he had the opportunity with the Falcons. I feel bad, man. It didn't work out for him in the long run, but uh, you know, he's uh, he's still doing his thing, chasing the dream. Great. Great. is one year at Georgia. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I think we've touched on everybody, guys. I don't know if there's every anybody position. else. Yeah, we've touched on every position. Um, what what else is there? I don't know. Is there anything? Lee Ringo deserved a PI on McConkey. 
Yeah, yeah. he was there a step yeah. early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little stepper and slide in the spring. They're getting all willy nilly and resting on their laurels. Yeah. But uh, but Keely Ringo is going to be a huge draft prospect this year. Six two two oh five. Uh, he is going to be a monster draft prospect at corner, especially if he has like another year like he did last yeah. year and he, he builds on that. Keely is going to be one of those guys again. Uh, and I was thinking about this during the game. I was like, man, Georgia football is really kind of turned into almost, if you're really good, a three-year university. Because you hear the kids all the time. Yeah. For the next three or four years, I'm taking my talents too. Like if you're really good and you play at Georgia early, you're a three-year guy and you're gone. Well, that, uh, that's how you should be. Alabama's like that. And Clemson, just to a degree, has been like that. So – the you know um, you want to get these guys in. It's kind of like in in college basketball, the teams that go with the one and dones Now, obviously, their championship format is the best team doesn't always win the championship because of, a, of the, the big tournament scenario. But um, yeah, the best players you want the best players. They're going to stay three years and leave. So the only difference is it used to be I'm going to stay three years and get my money. Now it's I'm going to stay a year and then I'm going to go get my money somewhere else. And then a year or two yeah, later, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. get more money. That's true. That, 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 that's, that's where the game's changed. Speaking of money, we've got Brent Rollins joining us in front of his mansion. Uh, just an incredible <laughs> house backdrop there. Uh, Brent, how, Not was, really. uh, how was your uh, G-Day experience? We've touched on just about every player. So if you name somebody we didn't, I'd be very impressed, actually. And that uh, doesn't mean do you that. just bring, that doesn't just mean you just bring out a guy from left field. Um, yeah, either. if you would have dropped like a Jalen Kennedy right now, I'd have been yeah, impressed. Yeah, that doesn't count. Uh, but twenty six, right? Awesome. he twenty six. <laughs> yeah, he is. He was he was uh, talking some smack out there at DB, dude. Like yeah, he, every he also play, got burnt once or twice. Yeah, he also yeah he did. But every time that he didn't get burnt, he was out there, you know, waving the hands, talking to the wide receivers. So. Kennedy reference, yeah. Kennedy reference. Uh, I just, I'm just glad I got to watch the game. Actually, uh, yeah. I was. We were supposed to have a baseball tournament today. My son was supposed to have a baseball tournament today, uh, and the rain ruined that this morning. So, got to watch. And I think there's. I look at these games. Obviously, there it's a glorified scrimmage, but I think everything that they do, they do purposely. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna attack. Like the very first play of the game was the pass to Kenny McIntosh. Deep ball, I think it was, and first or second play, and it was all right. Dumas Johnson, can you play in coverage? And that was probably the one thing to me when I'm thinking about personnel and how the you know how can they play and all the things they do. That's all right. Is he a Monty Rice type where he plays first and second down, and is rare and doesn't see the field on third down, and that's because he was putting coverage a lot and it didn't look good today. That was one thing mm-hmm. I thought from today. I like that. I like that. I, I think JDJ will surprise you, though, as we move forward. He's, he's one of my picks for a sleeper candidate, if you will, leading the team in tackles next year. Uh, oh, he's definitely the, all- the Kobe role. He's, he's, he's the body, the, that, that role, that spot. You would think that he's that guy there. But maybe if he's the liability and coverage, then being on the field for three downs is not going to happen. Get the uh, professor's opinion here on Gilbert. Uh, just a stud. He he is. I mean, <laughs> we, we 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 knew it. There's not much more to say about it. I think the biggest thing watching him was one how they used him. Two, he's still got a lot of work to do to consistently play uh, because 
especially in the running game, like his stance is awful. Like when he gets into a three-point stance, it's like somebody, you know, you're first teaching him how to get into a stance. Uh, push back. Nolan Smith lit him up a couple times in the running game. But he is a dynamic threat as a pass catcher. And him, Bowers, Washington, that didn't shock me that Delp showed out and was – I mean, he, he looks the part as well. Like they got – their offense is plenty fine, plenty good enough from a weapon standpoint. It was – but was, I think the biggest thing with Gilbert that was great to see was just the kid himself, legit, like, having fun playing football. He looked like he was having fun playing football. And a guy who hadn't been able to play for a year, that's great to see. I like that. I like that. Dane, you got any uh, questions for the uh, professor? I talk to him every week, man. Like, we yeah, I know you do. Those. I didn't know if uh, you had anything. I mean, we're obsessed with the NFL draft, right? That's what we've been doing for the last, like, couple months. So, like, yeah. we were just talking, Brent, about obviously Jalen Carter is a projected top 10, top five pick next year. It'd be that this year. And then Paul was just saying that Keely Ringo obviously has potential for that. You start looking at guys for, like, next year's draft that this is a big year for them. Like, I guess Gilbert is up in that, that realm, too. He is, I think. I think Darnell is someone who, like Fitzpatrick leaving early, Darnell is going to be like, all right, I'm going to play my play my year, show show what I can do as much as I can in the passing game, but I'm going to go be an elite blocker and and maybe and get drafted as well. Uh, there's so many other the guys in the secondary, Chris Smith, William Poole. I think that was the other thing I've I'd heard this and sort of knew this was was happening, but seeing William Poole play corner on the outside mm-hmm. today, like that. Shout out to Jason Butt there. He brought that up earlier. Good call, JB. Because, like, that that versatility is going to matter. And with him, Chris Smith, and then hopefully at some point we get to see Tyke Smith because he did the same thing at, at, at West Virginia. Slot corner, safety, a little bit of everywhere. Like, you might not have shut down corners opposite Ringo, but – you might the versatility and the ability to disguise coverage is because you've got a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things and play in those different positions. That will help. Uh, Ingram Dawkins was the other one to me that kind of I'm like, okay, that guy he's playing, he's playing and he's playing a lot. Uh, he was in the Trayvon role opposite Nolan Smith, and I, like I've seen enough of of Walt Tower to know that he's going to be there and he's going to be a guy, but not necessarily be a difference maker. I think Ingram Dawkins could be somebody who's a difference maker. So that, that's the other thing. And Kirby touched on it on the like when McElroy was talking to him there. They were side by side having the chat yeah. about pass rush. Like Michael Williams and Marvin Jones Jr. Those two guys are gonna get run, especially on third downs, because you just don't see, like you don't see a lot of just defensive linemen that are true traditional pass rush types. I think those two guys are going to get a lot of PT on third down this year. Paul, you see these comments about recruiting in here? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Rett, uh, Justin Rett was a guy that uh, was on campus today for Georgia and decommitted while during on the campus. game, right? Yeah, d- uh, uh, during the game, uh, <laughs> during the game, I'll leave the uh, recruiting stuff to our guys over on rumors on rumors versus facts on Monday. But that is a big time, uh, kind of a middle finger to Notre Dame in a sense. You're at a spring game, and uh, you decide, hey, now right here in the middle of the third quarter is when I'm going to announce I'm decommitting from you guys. Thanks so much. 
You know what? Was... I want a player in future years to like commit at like a spring game each week, but then decommit at the next spring game and just like make <laughs> it a game. Yeah. I'm well, telling you, I mean, th- these kids are getting crazy with the recruiting stuff. In the current world, too, you think, all right, who did he run into? Like, whose hand did he shake that happens to be CEO of this or <laughs> right high up in that? And they're like, hey, you know. Well, it, it was it yeah. was right at it was right after halftime. I want to say so. Maybe they were in the players' lounge up there eating some cheeseburgers, and CEO of Coke walks by and is like, "Son, you're you're going to be a good ball player, but not at Notre Dame." And here's why. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets his uh, decommitment video or decommitment post yeah. uh, out there by the third quarter. And well, he's he, from Vegas too, right? And he from Vegas. Yeah, yeah, he's Gorman. Gorman. yeah. yeah and it, I mean. They already have that connection here with Darnell, and hey, this is you can at least say, hey, here's what, how we've treated you, and well, made you feel welcome, even though you're from the whole other side of the country. It gets hot out there in Vegas, guys. I'll tell you that right now. You could almost pass out out there in the summertime. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it'll get to first-hand you. experience. First-hand Jason, experience. that actually happens. Make oh, sure. in trouble. Mm, make yes. make sure before you get on the plane, hydrate. you are thirsty to get out there. You hydrate before you go out there, Jason, because <laughs> uh, I've been thirsty all day long and uh, it just didn't work out, man. It just didn't work it, out. By <laughs> the time we saw Penn and Teller, you were all good. So mm-hmm. I was fine. I was good. Uh, Chad K. Is that going to be an annual thing, by the way? I was wondering, yeah. Who's going to have the balls to hit up Roddy and say, when should I schedule off for work? to go to Vegas again. It's not going to be me, uh, but I'm wondering who's going to, who's going to decide to do that. Brent's going to be He's in Vegas up. week after next for the draft. Yes. Oh, I'll be there for the draft. I had a, I had a buddy go out to Vegas uh, like last month. And he was like, dude, the weather was beautiful. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, like 120 when we were there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason, Jason, when we, when we took the Uber to what's the area where the thing is covered and you know, the lights at the top, what's that? Like it's like old, the, old the old downtown Vegas. I forget. Yes. Oh, Fremont Street. Okay. Yeah, Fremont Street. All right. So we took the Uber there. The the uh, temperature on the Uber's car was 121. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but Brent, me, you, and uh, Roddy walked around for like 15 miles, I think. That's a yeah, lot. Yes. Brett, Brett, uh, Brett Weimer says, try doing two days in the dry heat. I would uh, I'd quit football. I'd quit football instantly very much it, so. it's a different different level out there so maybe he he got used to this uh justin rett saw the weather down here in the spring and was like yo i could i could mess with this a little better than notre dame in the spring might still be snowing up there right now who knows but guys i think that's going to wrap up the show we've touched on everybody that's long you know, snapper that, can we, can, no, i'm just joking i was gonna say dude i don't, I don't know i'll be the only one <laughs> i was gonna say i don't know who that is who's um, the holder did anybody get an idea who the ooh, holder was for all that's in hold that's who was holding yeah. Thor, Thor did some holding too, I think. Yeah, Sesson was, yeah. was doing a little holding. So overall, though, guys, we went an hour, 15 minutes overreacting about a G-Day game that was very simplistic in nature. Stetson Bennett somehow threw 35 passes, and, and Jason and Dane both think it's a great thing that their starting quarterback was still in there at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, right. Why not? Great. He's not getting touched. <laughs> I, He's not going to get touched. I know. I'm just throwing. I'm, I'm just riding this train all the way. I'm just riding this until uh, the end of the You're show. You're loyal, Paul. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but uh, no, guys, we appreciate you watching. This podcast will be up soon, so make sure you download that. 
Appreciate Dane Young so much for hopping on with us. Bryn as well. Bryn, incredible house, man. Incredible house. I'm just going to say, I know <laughs> architecture, and door. that is, that dude, that is it's a just nice front door. <laughs> yeah. There's anyway, some good symmetry there. Yeah. There is very nice symmetry there. Uh, but thank you. Bryn, I do appreciate that. No, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic. That's a very nice house. Uh, Jason, <laughs> You have a nice house as well, and you and thank you for talking with us uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we'll see you next time. This was the UGA Sports Post Game Overreaction Show, the POS, which Brent Rollins actually came up with that, and it's very fitting. Next week, Sunday night, we'll be back on with old Ben Choppy Bachman. I'm sure you guys can't wait for that. So uh, make sure to tune in Sunday at 8 o'clock next week. It'll be myself, Jason Button, old Choppy, chopping it up over here on the broadcast for you. Thank you so much. Ooh, I can outro this with the uh, with the POS. So we'll see you guys later. Thanks again. Hit that like and follow button. Subscribe too. I think we're uh, we're gonna be the biggest uh, YouTube channel for Georgia football. We'll talk to you later.